I'm Rob. I'm Joy. And you're listening to Key Light. Today, we're going to be talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, one of the newest animes. No, it's not. One of the it's not one of the newest. Uh, it's, it's on the newer side. It's, it's on the newer age. side. It is new age. That's exactly how I would put it. So yeah, this is Jujutsu Kaisen, one of the new age animes uh, in the 2010 era. And it's a pretty solid one. This is a very popular anime. It's uh, way behind the manga, but the anime is probably going to drop season two sometime this year. I, I think, think this year, yeah. Yeah, but season one was very strong, 24 episodes and a prequel movie as well. Yes. So Jujutsu Kaisen has the distinct honor of not only being one of the most popular new age shonen anime, but it's also a show that proves how to tell a story where the narrative controls the main character rather than the other way around. Yeah, definitely. Especially in an almost post-Attack on Titan world, Jujutsu Kaisen is the quality standard for our new age of anime, like you were just saying. And while it subscribes to some traditional anime tropes, the setup of season one and the uh, prologue movie is really strong and predicts a bright future ahead. Hot take. The metric system is better than Imperial. We're going to keep that in the episode. In discussing Jujutsu Kaisen, there is plenty to discuss, even without going into the manga. For this episode, we'll be discussing events up until the season finale of season one, not including uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which is the movie, um, just because spoilers and plot reasons. And of course, this show offers a wealth of themes to consider, and I think the core of the show is Yuji's relationship to responsibility. Yeah, I agree. As you watch Yuji's storyline and character arc develop over the course of the season, you get a detailed insight into exactly what kind of a person he is. His motivations aren't very complex. He lays it out for you in the first two episodes pretty explicitly, saying how he's choosing to be Sukuna's vessel so he doesn't regret the way he lives, and that after his grandfather, he wants to give everyone a proper death. It's fascinating how um, his motivations play out over the course of the season, especially given that Yuji quote-unquote dies in episode 5. Of course, he doesn't actually die. He's forced into a binding vow with Sukuna and then brought back to life, only for Gojo to tell him that he can't go back to Megumi and, and Nobara yet. He must train to control his curse energy. Yeah, it's rare that you see a show, especially an anime, separate its main character from his companions so early on, compared to Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, The Promised Neverland, or even Pokemon, where the main trios rarely separate unless in dire straits, and even then not for very long. Jujutsu Kaisen takes a bold stance by essentially removing Yuji from his newfound friends very early on. In doing so, the show establishes itself as unique, and it's not afraid to push the boundaries of some traditional anime storytelling. Not only that, but it forces Yuji and us as the audience to learn about both him and the rest of the characters from a very unique perspective. Yuji is presumed dead by all the students for eight episodes, a third of the whole season. And as such, we get to watch him experience the pain and loss that comes with being a jujitsu sorcerer that the rest of the students have already experienced prior to the start of the series. Because of all their unique powers and how they all balance together, it actually makes it much more interesting to watch Yuji learn and grow without Nobara and Megami, and for the other two to have their own character development arcs on their own. Speaking of balancing unique powers, Jujutsu Kaisen presents a unique and interesting power system. The power scaling is well done, with an overall easy-to-understand system with the cursed techniques and the cursed energy. However, it does still have some complexities that make it more interesting, like establishing a grading system for sorcerers and curses, and how that grading system interacts with Jujutsu world politics between the schools and the higher-ups with the recommendation policy. And that system isn't just there for a world-building flavor, it plays into the plot of the show itself, making itself known in the very first scene where Gojo tells Yuji about his death sentence. The systems of power, be it the literal powers in reference to cursed energy and cursed techniques, and the more bureaucratic system of grading, are what ultimately drive Yuji's destiny. 
I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's drifting into manga spoiler territory, so we won't cover that. But regardless, Yuji's death sentence is sealed as soon as he swallows that first finger, and that's kind of the last proactive choice he makes throughout the entire season. Every other choice he makes is built on that one, slowly stacking over the course of the show. He's a reactionary character, constantly being forced to adapt and change and grow as he learns about the harsh truth about living in the world of Jujutsu. From his binding vow to Sukuna, to everything with Junpei, up until the very end with the death painting wounds, Yuji has to make impossible choices in accordance to an impossible standard he set for himself. Yeah, once he has a goal, he pushes towards it with all of his power, welcoming any support that others will provide, for, for better or for worse. But that theory, that philosophy, gets challenged when he is forced to kill, such as the fight with Junpei and Mahito in the school, and he's forced to confront that he can't give everyone a proper death. This returns with the death painting wombs, where he must kill the cursed objects that are still somewhat human. Yuji's determination and dedication to his ideals is standard for any anime protagonist, but his relationship with the responsibility he bears, the death sentence hanging over his head, and the unique relationships he has with each character make both him and the show stand out. All right. And now on to our cultural impact section. This entire section will admittedly be partially me just simping over Nobara and Maki, partially because Jujutsu Kaisen and Giga Akatami get a lot of credit for portraying interesting and unique female characters, mm -hmm. but also because I am a lesbian with eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, uh, JJK does a phenomenal job of proving what female anime fans have been saying for forever. It's possible to write interesting, three-dimensional female characters, and it's possible to have more than one of them in a story. <laughs> Nobara and Maki are truly characters that mean the world to me, and their respective stories are a big part of what got me into JJK and what kept me interested. I think I initially got into the show after seeing like a shipping TikTok of them, which should be entirely unsurprising given the everything about me. Yes, I'm bringing this back to shipping. It's anime. Of course I am. Obviously, the characters are more than just shipping fuel. The plot is also amazing, and I think its unique blend of traditional... Um, supernatural like powers-based um shonen storytelling with um interesting and complex characters i think that's what drew a lot of people in but it's also shipping it's also shipping people ship gojo <laughs> with everybody particularly anatomy and mm -hmm. ghetto if you've if you all seen the movie um obviously shipping between yuji and megami and a whole host of other ships that i'm not going to go into detail that's for go read tumblr or twitter for that you yeah, nasties yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that, we'll leave that detail to tumblr and twitter we'll leave that for the people who spend too much time on the internet i mean because, just like us but yeah not that side me, <laughs> not a, little, that side. me a little bit more so than rob i think <laughs> but overall this is a fantastic show and i think it's truly marks a new age of hey there are there's a good way to write female characters it sets a standard for what female characters can and should be and mm -hmm. it just it's just a really good show and I, I like it a lot yeah i think like this really is the the new age definition this is the headline other than aot i think aot is a bit of an anomaly because just because it's so massive um i think you can say aot it acts like a bridge sort exactly. of bridging the old and uh, the old exactly guard into exactly the new age. and i think Jujutsu Kaisen is the new age. Yeah. And there's so, like you mentioned, there's so many different shows in anime that try and take on the supernatural angle. And there's so many shows that don't do it very well, you know, with the power scaling system or with the characters uh, not being very interesting or the plot being weak and just trying to focus too much on the supernatural aspect. This is me calling out Tokyo Ghoul, by the way. I think <laughs> you had a good I was going to say it. You had a good premise. 
not a good execution, but that that's just my opinion. But yeah, I the the fact that Jujutsu Kaisen exists and stands out amongst all the other ones that have a similar basic premise is really impressive. Really, really impressive, especially with the volume of anime that is out there. There's just so much out there. And I think another cool thing that I liked is that it does pay homage to traditional anime tropes. So, you know, they do the little cutesy, like less um, detailed faces when they're like having silly emotional moments. And they have the tag, like the juju stroll at the end, which is fun. And then there's the power scaling system. Obviously, you have to explain that with like filler, but it's it's done really well. It does all those things and still manages to draw me in and think, wow, this is good. This is a show that I'm invested in. I'm going to wait for. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of other shows I would watch a few episodes of, maybe finish the first season and be like, eh, forget about it. But this is one that makes me wait. And I think that's a good mark of a quality show. And also, I think the animation is fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I've i rewatched like the last few episodes of the Death Painting Womb Fights. I've watched that like so many times because one, the animation is phenomenal. Two, the battle is phenomenal. And three, I get to watch my um, crazy queen Nobara stick nails into her arm. I mean, come yes, on. I love that. scene. Like great I've legitimately scene. considered getting like a tattoo of the rose, like poison that goes up her arm because it's that cool. Mm. I'm not going to because my mother would kill me. But like, it's so cool. It's just, it's little moments like that where it, you have those details that get adapted from the manga to the anime. And you're like, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And it looks so good. Yeah, animation, especially the cursed energy, is such a great way, such a great opportunity for animation. I think, especially the Black Flash, I keep thinking about the Black yes. Flash scenes. That was super sick. So yeah, just just a really good show. And I think it's the definition of the new age. So makes me excited for what's to come. Yeah. Now for everyone's favorite part that we don't prepare for, but we totally do. Maybe. I don't know. Song of the week. Song Woo! of the week, yeah. We're we're so good at this. All right. Um, haven't been listening to a lot of new music recently. You know when Spotify like gives you suggestions like new single drop from this artist, I always immediately click it away. Even if it's like Beyonce. I'm you, just like, you never Bye. listen to it? No, not really. I've occasionally done it. No not always. Yeah. Sometimes well, there's sometimes there's gems. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I should. But Maybe. I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, I picked an old song that I forgot about and mm-hmm. that's really good. It's The Thrill by Wiz Khalifa. There's someone else listed as the artist, but if you just look look up The Thrill by Wiz Khalifa, you'll get it. Cool. Banger. Dope. I have um, Ceilings by Lizzie McAlpine. It's like old, new. Not really. It's not. It's it's newer than I think your song, but like mm-hmm. it's like 2021, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a banger. Love it. And uh, we're not going to keep you all because I'm sure, like Toto, y'all have uh, idols to meet. So, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. This episode was written by Joy Gu and Rob Pereira. Also edited by Joy Gu and produced and mixed by Rob Pereira. Special thanks to the BU School of Communication for their studio and to Northeastern University. You can find Keylight on all podcasting platforms and make sure to be notified of new episodes by following our Instagram and Twitter accounts, both at Keylight Pod. Thanks.